You are listening to Half Torah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavuah and its corresponding Half Torah. And here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, this week's Parshios are Tazria and Mitzorah. However, as was mentioned in the previous Half Torah Shir, this Shabbos is also going to be Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, which means that neither the Half Torah for Tazria nor Mitzorah will be read this Shabbos, but the Half Torah for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh will be read. However, that does not stop us here at Half Torah from looking at all the different Half Torahs that can potentially be read along with these parshios. So in the previous shir, we discussed the Haftarah for Parshas Tazriah, and now we discuss what can be thought of as a little bit of a sequel Haftarah um, for Mitzorah, because both the Haftarah for Tazriah and for Mitzorah come from Sefer Melech and Beis. Um, and so we spoke about the one from Perak, Dalad, and Hay in the previous Haftarah shir. Now we are looking at the Haftarah for Mitzorah, which comes to us from Parak Zion of Malachim Beis. And of course, later this week, Bezras Hashem, we will be looking at the Haftarah for Shabbos Rosh Chodesh as well. So we dedicate this shir, Lui Nishmas Inmi Mirasi Chayrachal Bas Davtsi Harini Kaparas Mishkava, Her Nisham Mishnah And the Haftarah for, for Mitzorah is in, again, Parak Zion of Malachim Beis, starting from Pasuk Gimel, going all the way to Pasuk Chaf. So it's 7, 3 to 24. Now, for the Haftarah for Parshas Mitzorah, we turn to the second Tzara'as story in Navi. Previously, we spoke about the story of Naaman and what he went through to, um, to be cured of his Tzara'as and how Elisha dealt with Naaman in a very interesting way. And we saw the deeper implications of what Tzara'as is from Elisha's treatment of Naaman and through the humbling process that Naaman had to go through to have his tzaras healed. But this section from Malachim Beis focuses on what appears to be really a side story of four unnamed mitzoraim, right? these spiritual lepers. And this story takes place during the Aramean siege of Shomron. The Navi tells us that a famine occurred during the siege and that these four mitzoraim reasoned that they should enter the city or remain at the outskirts of the town, and should they do either of those two, as Mitzrayim are typically supposed to, so they would die from the famine. So they take this leap of faith, and they decide to look for food behind enemy lines in the Aramean camp. And so they said, basically, everyone's going to die if, if we just wait around here, so let's see what we could find. Little did they know that Hashem created the simulation of a chariot and army sounds, which misled the Arameans to ultimately abandon their camp. Almost like Hashem was setting the stage for the Mitzrayim to succeed. So when the Mitzrayim eventually arrived at the Aramean camp, they found a ghost town of unguarded food and riches. And understandably so, they began to go from tent to tent, indulging and looting until it dawned upon them that they were acting incorrectly by withholding this news from people of Shamron. And so they reported back to the city with what they found so that everyone in the city could share in the loot at that desperate time. The Navi goes on to tell us about how the skeptical captain at the gate of the city who doubted Elisha's prophecy that Shamron would soon see an increase in food he ended up getting trampled by the people at the gate. Right, so this uh, very uh, 
interesting uh, story. And it seems to be like two pieces of a story. You got the piece with the Mitzvahim. They say, hey, we found all this food. We should share it with, uh, with, with the people back at home. It's wrong that we're going to just keep this all to ourselves. And then we kind of shift the screen and we go back to the camp where finally they find out about the food. And this, this, uh, this uh, captain says, oh yeah, I don't believe what Alicia's saying, that, there's, that, that we're going to get food again. And then he's the one who gets trampled and he doesn't get to enjoy that food. So it's a nice story with a sort of nice ending, but what does it teach us about the theme of our Sidra, which revolves around Saras? And just like we asked regarding the Haftarah for Tazria, how relevant, how relevant is it that the main characters happen to have Saras? Again, like, there are only a couple of times in, in, in Navi where we find Saras, Maybe maybe this one more incident. One of one of the malachim also had saras, um, uh, but not not for our discussion right now. The, the the only basis maybe for including that in the discussion here is that if you have saras in different places in in Nach, so we want to give a shout out to saras. Great, so we can you know just give it a, a shout out to saras, and we have the two saras stories in malachim bays right here in order. So we say, okay, we'll have one for Tazria, one for Mitzorah. But the question is, is that what it is, or is there something perhaps more here? Right, so I'm sure one could argue that the fact that these individuals were Mitzorahim was crucial to the story, because had they not been at the edge of the town, where Mitzorahim usually can be found, then they would not have been, they wouldn't have even thought of entering the Aramean camp. But that's not really as much a story about Mitzorahim as much as it is a story about a few risk-takers who were conveniently in the right place at the right time. So the question was once again is what does the Haftar tell us about these mitzvahim? Moreover, what makes this Saras Haftar more appropriate for mitzora than the story of Naaman, whom Elisha cured from his Saras? And conversely, what makes the story of Naaman a more appropriate Haftar for Parshas Tazria than this story about the four mitzorayim? Right, we could suggest, like I mentioned earlier, that the Haftars of these sitters were merely chosen the way they were to maintain the chronological order, as it's recorded in the Navi. Right? There happen to be these two big Saras stories in Navi, which stand in close proximity to one another, so it makes sense to give the first one to Azria, the second one to Mitzora, and everyone's happy. Maybe. But, again, is there perhaps something more fundamental in these two stories that makes each one the most appropriate for its designated Sidra? And both Sidros, some are largely about Saras, yes, but is there perhaps a, a different theme being expressed in Parshas Metzora from that of Parshas Tazria? Right? Even though Tazria and Metzora are both about Saras, but if you think about it, they're about different aspects of Saras. Just thinking about it from a broad, broader spectrum, um, you know, if you return to our Parsha Panorama series where we talk about Tazria in depth and Metzora in depth, so Tazria describes what Saras is. Mitzorah begins with telling us about the purification of the Mitzorah, talks a little bit about Baisamanuga, and it talks about Hilchos Nida and Hilchos Zav and Zava. So there's a lot of different things in there. And don't forget that in Tazria it also talks about a Yeledas, a woman who gives birth. So there are a lot of different moving parts in these Parshios, even though they both talk about Saras. My point in mentioning it is that you know, both Parshas have Tsaras, but they both also have so much more. And even within their conversations about Tsaras, there are different aspects of Tsaras that they talk about. So, 
how do we, uh, you know, how, how do we uh, properly draw the lines between the Haftaros and their Tsaras counterpart, Parshios? So it could be that the fact that the four main characters in the story are Mitzrayim is actually quite important, more important than we thought. And we're not talking about individuals who just happen to be at the edge of town. They were there for a reason, as we explained, because they were Mitzrayim. That means that they were sent outside the town because they manifested a spiritual disease that we are taught comes as a result of sin, but not just any sin. As, as you may recall, Tzara'as comes as a result of antisocial behavior, the most well-known among them being Lashon Hara, slander, and not just slander, but it could be a whole slew of negative traits and behaviors, such as pride or gaiva, selfishness, robbery, even, even murder. Right? It's a different, uh, you know, different possibilities. And because these individuals, however they became Mitzorayim, because they demonstrated antisocial behavior, they were treated measure for measure, and they were cast away from society. And that's the backdrop for this story, as is implied by that single but loaded word, Mitzorayim. They were outcasts because they could not be part of society. Now, why is this all significant? Because it demonstrates how lowly, how a lowly gang of hungry societal outcasts develop, they develop into the actual heroes of society, their society. How do they become the heroes? By overcoming their antisocial tendencies at those fateful moments during the siege. And as a result, they would rejoin the society. Think about the Mitzrayim, who were possibly selfish, possibly arrogant, possibly people who slander others. And these people, when they find good news, right, they, they, they take a risk, we're going to die, they don't want to die, right? there's nothing heroic about that, they just took a risk and they got food. They, they were thinking about themselves, they're making the best call for themselves at the time. But then when they found the food and said, hey, one second, shouldn't we share this with everyone else? What more pro-society behavior could you do? So they're, you know, they're thinking of other people. So then they become the heroes. They become people who you almost wonder, how did you guys become Mitzrayim in the first place? It must be that you've been thinking during your time of, of being outside the camp. And in that light, we might suggest that the end of the story, which describes the death of the skeptical captain, is significant as he can be seen as a foil of sorts. He's being contrasted from the Mitzrayim. Because while he remains stubborn, skeptical, and static, the Mitzrayim, who like everyone else had nothing left to lose, decide to take the leap of faith, and then after that they actually improve their characters. Interestingly enough, it was the captain who was by the gate. At the Mitzrayim, they were on the outskirts of town, they went into the, they went behind enemy lines, but the captain, he remained, he remained by the gate, kind of on the outside, almost like in his own antisocial sort of way. But he got, he got trampled. And this story, like that of Elisha and Naman, sheds important light on the lesson of Tsaras. For a while, the Torah merely tells us about the technical and ritual implications of the disease. It's the Navi that helps us reveal the relationship between Tsaras and the individual person who has it. 
right? Saras in the Torah is very diagnostic, right? The Torah, the Torah describes it in Tazria, right? And in that same vein, while the Torah outlines the technical and ritual purification process in Parshas Mitzorah, the Navi depicts the equally important um, maturation process that allows for purification, right? Because again, while the Torah speaks about saras from what you might think of as a halachic medical standpoint, the Navi, like Chazal, teach us, teaches us about how saras is not just something physical on your body, but something spiritual, and therefore you need character development to rise above saras. So where, wherein lies the thematic difference between the two Sidras and the Haftaros of Tazriah and Mitzorah? What do we learn from the story of the four Mitzorahim versus the story of Naaman in, last, in, the, in the last Haftarah shir that we discussed? And it could be that Tazriah and Mitzorah hint at a two-step process in terms of dealing with Tzaras. Tazriah simply discusses Tzaras and the isolation process, while Mitzorah discusses the purification process. Zos tia taras mitzorah biyom tarasev. This will be the law, the teaching of the mitzorah on the day of his purity. How do these two steps manifest themselves in the haftaros? Well, Naaman, I believe, demonstrates the first step, which is to acknowledge the diagnosis. Doing that entails looking into oneself and finding out what's wrong. And we can theoretically point at various sins that trigger the tsaras, but the attempt to better to be better would be a futile one if one does not begin to change the negative midos or character traits that triggered his sins in the first place. And perhaps one sinned to society and therefore got tsaras. But why did he do that? One has to work on the negative traits that trigger the antisocial behavior. For Naaman, we spoke about how the trait to work on was his humility. He was arrogant, and as such, Elisha designed the treatment process to humble Naaman so that he would work on himself. However, the story of the four Mitzrayim may be teaching us the second step, that one is to not only, uh, one's not only supposed to work on one's internal personality, but to actively think about society around him and translate those thoughts into positive actions, positive behaviors. Only then can he rejoin society, right? There's, on the one hand, the reason why you were cast out from society, and then there's what does it take to get you back into society. Saras does not merely end with isolation, thinking about what you did and while you're sitting in timeout. The goal is not to become a monk living in solitude. A social behavior is not the permanent cure to antisocial behavior. Right? Asocial behavior is the temporary measure that needs to be taken for a person who is engaging in antisocial behavior. Right? When, you throw, uh, when you throw a person in jail or a criminal or something even more simple, when you put a child into timeout, you're not putting them there to keep them there. Maybe if they're a menace to society and we have no choice, um, so you're not going to keep your kid in, in his crib, but you might keep a criminal in solitude. But it's not the ideal to to you know to 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 be alone and away from everyone, sequestered for you know to, to be sequestered indefinitely. The goal is, of course, to rejoin society. So if 
asocial behavior is not the permitting cure to antisocial behaviors, then what would be the actual solution? Solution would have to be selfless pro-social behavior, something that enables you to rejoin society. And the goal in that case of the Mitzorah and his purification is to rejoin society. Right? Um, interestingly enough, my brother of Daniel Eisenberg, he explains that the Mitzorah's purification process mimics the Leviim's inauguration process, um, as each procedure is really an induction ceremony into the higher society. This is why you find that in both cases they, there's blood that's smeared on the, on the thumb and the ear and the, and the big toe. You find that both by the Mitzorah and the Levi. And there's, of course, the shaving of the heads. So these are inaugurations, inductions to rejoin higher society. So this pro-social behavior that is needed for a Mitzorah was demonstrated by those four Mitzorayim who could have selfishly kept quiet, but instead they shared the news and, their, and the food with the starving society. What emerges from all of the above is that while Tazria targets the blemish in one's body and personality, I believe Mitzorah focuses on correcting those behaviors and then actually enabling a person to rejoin society. We should all be zochah to not only work on correcting our midos and growing in our character development, but we should actually engage in the selfless prosocial behavior and not only be heroes to the society around us, but like the Mitzorah on the day of his purification, Hashem should purify us once again and induct us into his treasured society of people who are worthy of Geula. Coming up, Mashiach, Meherab, Meherab, Of course, if you enjoy this share and others like it on the podcast, I'm going to partner up with us with a sponsorship. Or if you have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations, or you want to join the, debate, the database podcast WhatsApp group where you'll find links to every uploaded shear or links to shear and that I repost due to their relevance, then all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. And until next time, have a wonderful rest of your week and thank you for joining us here at the database.